Hi guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Connor, and you're listening to episode 2 of Crazy Critters of the World. Now, today, we're going a little bit different. Well, not different, I should say. So, every day, I'm going to... So, I know I said every week, I may do some, not every day, but sometimes I'll do another one, just because I have enough time and I'm a little anxious. But, here's what you need to know. Every other week, one week I will do an episode on an animal. The next week, I will do an episode on some sort of animal-related thing, like how domestication works, animal zoo construction, how zoos work, how taming works, all that kind of stuff. So, now, it's time for our show. But first, let me tell you guys about a great podcast I listen to. This podcast is called Stuff You Should Know, and it is hosted by um, Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and I cannot remember the guy's other the other guy's name, but they have an amazing podcast about all kinds of animals. There, they are some of the people who inspired me to do one of my podcasts. So, if you're looking for a great animal podcast. Go to their podcast now and listen to all their episodes. They have a ton of them to choose from. All right, now you guessed it. It's time for the show, everyone. Now today, I told you guys last week, well, yesterday, when this is coming out. I mean, well, the, I did. I recorded the other one yesterday, not today. It is today, though, now. Which is, I'm, oh god. I'm just going to stop elaborating on that. So, today we are covering the topic of how exhibit construction works. Okay, I am here with... Chad Vogel. He's my dad and um, he's, he's going to be our guest for this episode today. So, um, as a quick reminder, we're just going over um, criteria, like criterion constraints to animal exhibits now. Um, in the last segment, we went over uh, record-setting exhibits and other stuff like that. So, um, he's going to help. He's going to talk about and explain. Um, so, understanding the criterion constraints regarding zoo exhibit design. Uh, the criteria needs to meet the following. Has a number of visitors to stop at your exhibit or know how long they're going to stop. You want to know the criteria that um, to learn something. And you want it to be motivating to people or something they can have a conversation about. No one wants to see an empty exhibit space at the zoo, so you may want to decide on percentage of time the animals are visible as a measure of the visitor's satisfaction. So pretty much as a um, way to slow it down is um, it's got to be, you have to have, it's got, the animals have got to be visible. They've got to interest the people. So like if you have like a leaf on exhibit, people aren't going to really, Stay there for a while. They're just going to say, oh, look, a leaf. Let's go. 
So you want to see, and it's got to be, it's got to look realistic due to the Animal Rights Act. So they've, it's got to be compatible with the animal. If it isn't, you're breaking the law. And you need, it needs to be accessible to the zookeepers, and it's got to be visible. Animals have got to be visible. So that's a few of the things. So what are your favorite exhibits to see at zoos? I would say the elephants at the Omaha Zoo or the giraffes at the Lincoln Zoo. Yeah, I like the giraffes a lot, too. They just, it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah. Um, so if anyone, um, any comments, um, leave down in the comments, um, what is your guys' favorite exhibits? And so... Another thing that, um, let me just find this. So another thing is you got to choose the animal that meet the criteria and constraints. Research have shown that, peop that people have certain preferences to when it comes to seeing animals in a zoo. Large animals are more popular than small animals. Although not all exhibit spaces would be big enough for an elephant. Attractive animals win over <laughs> ugly ones, but can you afford a panda? People like to see intelligent animals that are human that have human-like behavior. So monkeys and apes are always popular. So I don't get why they don't just put my brother on exhibit. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's weird that you and I, neither one said the monkey exhibits when we were asking our favorite one. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of monkeys. I mean, they're really cute, but I mean, I have one... Literally living with me in my house. So, I mean, I guess guess that counts. Although his exhibit doesn't look very realistic. It just looks like paint and walls. So, um, zoo visitors, they're very concerned with animal welfare, welfare, oh my God, welfare, and want to see healthy, happy animals. So, you don't want to go to an exhibit and see a depressed panda just sitting there stress eating. Like that would not that would not make people happy. So they need to have um, like to mimic the panda's natural habitat of a rocky, lush terrain in China. Each element has a purpose. There are rock and tree structures prefer perfect for climbing, grottos and pools and streams for keeping cool, and different types of trees and shrubs for shade. If you guys hear a dog barking in the background, it's my dog Scooby. She is seeing the neighbor dog and freaking out. She's so fat, she couldn't chase after him either, though, if she wanted to. So, yeah, those are a few of the things. Um, so, what's what do you think of when you think of a zoo? What would you, what's the first thing you think of? Animals. Animals. So, now, here's one thing, is if you think of someone, if you think of a little kid drawing a zoo, this is how most kids would draw it, is an animal behind bars, and that's not what zoos all do. Oh, yes, Scooby, we get it. You love to talk. Okay, guys, I guess you guys are lucky. You have two guests today, Scooby and my dad. So, um, if they draw, when they're drawing that, they're not exactly getting it right, because zoos are more to educate the public and not just for looking at the animals at the zoo are 
usually ambassadors for themselves and their species. And they usually um, are there for possibly rehabilitation. Like zoos, they can't keep an animal unless it must stay in captivity. It's got to be able, like if it was born into captivity, you're, it's most likely it's not going to be there. But in the, um, oh gosh, what zoo was it? I guess, oh, it's the Bronx Zoo. Um, what they would do, sorry if I'm wrong, I, I'm going to check that just in case. But um, one zoo um, they use, they, um, they raise birds, this type of bird. And I think it's some large bird, but, um, and what they will do is to help them, is to help them not be used to humans. Um, they will have hand puppets, like bird hand puppets, so that the animal doesn't get attached to humans. It's more attached to the bird. In another zoo, um, they will have people dress up in panda suits, literally panda suits, to raise the baby pandas. And so I thought that was pretty insane. But there will be more about that one on a different episode. So, <laughs> Scooby is, like, tormenting my dad when he was baby. Okay, Scooby, you're fine. So what's the biggest, what's the What's the strangest thing you would think about if you thought of a zoo? Like, strangest way they would possibly keep an animal? Um, strangest way? Behind water slides. That would be kind of funny, but, I mean, isn't that kind of like the naked Morats exhibit? It's like clear little slides. I don't know. They're, they're crazy. So, another thing about these exhibits is um, that they have to keep, the animal have to be, the animal has to be, like, it's got to be comfortable in there. If it's not comfortable, you're going to have a really mad, angry animal. So, if you have a mad, angry animal, that's not really good for the animal safety, zookeeper safety, or guests. Because it will, an angry animal will escape. It will do that. So one of the crazier things I've seen is that I just saw is um, so at the Smithsonian National Zoological Park, they have term, termite termite mounds that replicate how the bear how sloth bears feed in the wild. So what they do is they have these mounds and they put termites in them so that the bears will do that. So what they'll do. Um, you should, so when you're trying to design exhibit, you should not only research only, only where your animals live, but also their behavior. Animals can spend a lot of time resting. So having a place where they feel comfortable, relaxing or sleeping in this, an essential is an essential. How they feed is very important too. In nature, many animals feed to, many animals have to forage for food. This keeps them occupied and provides a mental stimulation. How is the zoo habitat going to provide this stimulation? Research on zoo bears has shown that hiding food around their exhibit, exhibits, such as inside logs, keeps them stimulated. So, um, obviously you don't want your animals to escape because that's really dangerous. Like, um, 
I think it was the Colum it was one of the Columbsu. Oops. Monkey ice cream. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. I was trying to look up monkey escape. And all of a sudden it pops up monkey ice cream. <laughs> but I think it was a Columbus Zoo. Um, where is it? Who's to McDonald's? Apparently it went to McDonald's and said I want my burger. So where is it? Oh, there's literally a picture of it. Um Apparently, even the animal kingdom is loving it. That's so bad. It says Gothenburg, Sweden. Oh. Dang, that must not be the right one. There was one of a, um, it was a orangutan that escaped from a zoo and was literally hanging on the power lines. This is it. So, it was a chimpanzee. So, I'm trying to find it here. <coughs> so, I keep finding the pictures of it, but, oh, it's because I'm on images. Would make sense. Oh, I guess it was a Chinese zoo. I, is this it? This is the one where it was, but it, oh, yeah, that's the right one. So, yeah, apparently it was, um... Chinese zoo, but it escaped and was swinging on live power lines, and they ended up having to sedate it from a cherry picker. Like, and I was like, that seems kind of mean, but I mean, it, it's got to stay in the exhibit. So, um, so um, another criteria that you have to watch out for is um, is how to open your exhibit. You want to explain that one? So the only way you can design to open an exhibit is to hide it from the animal, but make it um, escapable and easily accessible by the zookeeper. So when you're looking for ideas of how to build these, you want to make sure that those items are taken into consideration. Yeah, so that's, that's a very important part. So, um, thanks for being on the podcast today, Dad. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right. I'll see you, in the, see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. So, I'd like to tell you about how I'm making my podcast. Anchor FM. Guys, they help. They help me get episodes out. They auto-edit them. I mean, it's... They're awesome. So, um... They are really helpful, and they help. They distribute it to other big, pa- big podcast and song listening companies like Spotify and other places like that. Auto distribute, and they can, you can even set up a wallet on it so people can donate to your channel. I freaking love it. I mean, it helps me out.
It's helped me get to making this podcast. So be sure to try it out and maybe make your own podcast. So yeah, just go to anchor.fm.com slash crazy critters of the world. Alright, now back to the show. So now I'm going to talk about a few record-setting exhibits here in the world. And um, um, one of them would be, here in Nebraska, the Omaha Zoo Rainforest. Indoor Rainforest, the lead jungle. And it is it holds the record for largest indoor jungle in this in the entire world. So I mean, just to give you an idea, it is like gigantic. I've visited it, I don't know a million times. I love the Omaha Zoo. Like completely favorite thing in the world to go to. Um, and it is home to some, it's, I think it's home to, I can't remember how many animals, but I'm going to look it up how many animals there is, but it's home to, I know, um, so yeah, you can explore the natural rainforest environment as you walk through America's largest indoor rainforest. The jungle inside you inside this exhibit, you hear waterfalls crashing, see gibbons, feel the tropical environment surround you, and it's it's hot and sweaty in there, guys. Like it is humid as bleep. But there, so there are monkeys, tapirs, macaws, pygmy hippos. That's just a few of them that you'll see in the late jungle. It it showcases rainforests from South America, Asia, and Africa. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. They're getting a few new things put in um, since I've been there. Bay Family Children's Adventure, Asian Highlands, Owen Sea Lion Shores. That's opening this fall, twenty twenty. The Desert Dome. That is another record-setting thing. It in there you walk in. It's a little smelly at first, but it is. Yeah, it's the world's largest indoor desert, but it's. Hot in there. Like, hot, you like, it could be winter and you're taking off everything because it's hot in there. So, if you ever go to the Omaha Zoo, be sure to bring some, like, be sure to bring some, like, shorts and stuff underneath your stuff because you walk in there and you're just like, oh, so hot. <sighs> so, hot. so, yeah. The world's largest indoor desert, the Desert Dome, located in the world's largest glazed domestic geo, geodestic dome, has become a landmark of the city for Omaha. I mean, has become a landmark for the city of Omaha. The Desert Dome features plant life and animal life in, from three deserts around the world. The Nam... The Nambi... The Namibi... The Nam... The Nambi, I think that's how you say it. I do not know. It's spelled A, I mean N-A-M-I-B. Desert of South Africa, the Red Center of Australia, and the Sonoran Desert of the Southwest United States. The Desert Dome contains 84,000 square feet on two levels, which is 42,000 feet per, 
per level square feet. Located beneath the desert dome is the Kingdoms of the Night, the world's largest nocturnal exhibit, too. I mean, it's huge in there. So you walk through, and it's it's black lights. It's really hard to see. Then you go into this one space, and you're literally with bats everywhere. Bats just flying around. Eat, eat, eat. You can't touch them, but it feels like you could because it's just wire exhibit holding you between them. You can hear them. They're loud. And there's an alligator exhibit where you're walking, and you can literally feel the path that you're walking on creek. It's insane, and it's terrifying, and it's awesome at the same time. But there's beavers in there. I remember one time they were they were feeding the alligators and um there's this big white alligator in there and one kid asked them what time how many times do you guys have to move him every day and he said well what do you mean we don't have to move him he moves by himself he said well balloons don't move by themselves that's not a real alligator and he said um, yeah it is bud so he tossed a fish to it and it just came alive it was jumping up snarling and was like give me the fish. And the kids screamed. It was hilarious. He was just like, ah, what the heck? What happened? Oh, my God. It was freaking hilarious. So, yeah. The three deserts of the Desert Zone are divided by a central mountain, a 50-foot-tall mountain in the middle of the Desert Dome. Surrounding, surra- surrounding central mountains are a variety of unique desert plants, including succulents, palms, Mesquite trees, grasses, herbs, and shrubs, and the endangered wealth, well, which only found in the Bean Deserts. Um, the Nambi Desert of South Africa is the world's oldest, most biologi- biologically diverse desert. The Nambi Desert portion of the Desert Dome features a 30 foot tall sand dune containing 300 tons of rancid sand that came from. A mine near Phoenix, Arizona, climbing along cliffs are Kip Spring- Springers and Meerkats within the desert caves. 22 reptile species from Africa and Australia, including venomous snakes such as death adders, a cape, a cape, cobra, and the inland taipan, which is the world's most venomous land snake ever. Then the red center of Australia is one of the most world's most unique isolated deserts. In the desert dome, rock wallabies live on the Australian side of Ayers Rock, Uru, Uru. I don't know how to say it. U L U R U. So many U's. U U U. Ayers Rock is a Australian landmark in the world's largest methylenic rock, wave rock, a showpiece of the desert, overhang colorful granite caused by water, caused by water carrying dissolved minerals like iron. The Sonoran Desert, located in the southwest United States and northwest Mexico, is the world's second most biology um, diverse desert, while all while the ocelots look on, parakeet, the paracaris wallow in the desert dirt of the Sonoran Desert portion of the Desert Dome. I guess will wind past bobcats entering Rattlesnake Canyon while they're in cower. World's most, the world's largest indoor rattlesnake exhibit. 
freaking terrifying, I gotta say. You literally walk through there, and the glass is so clear. You think that they could easily, like, get to you. And it's set up like a mineshaft. It's so cool. But, I mean, the Omaha Zoo, they have so many record-setting exhibits. It's truly amazing. Among the flat, prickly pear cactus and the tall, endangered cigarro cactus forest live quail and rattlesnake canyon. There are 14 species of reptiles, amphibians, and among them, rattlesnakes. As you enter, as you exit this desert dome, there's a special room designed to showcase newly hatched or young reptiles and amphibians. There is also an area that houses some of the reptile-related conservation research projects taking place at the zoo. Each window and skylights allows the young reptiles to be beneficial to access the beneficial ultraviolet rays from the sun. So. That's another thing. And then, there's another place that I think is another <laughs> record-setting exhibit. I think. Um, so... The Hubbard, the Hubbard Gorilla Valley, where gorillas roam free and visitors are... Where the, and the visitors are actually now on display. Which I thought was kind of crazy. This exhibit is a three-acre site that includes two acres of Gorilla Valley and visitor space. The cutting-edge exhibit and maintenance facility allows Omaha to be a major player in gorilla conservation. Omaha's current research partners include zoos in North America, Europe, South Africa, and Australia. So that's another insane record-setting thing. And then, I think there may be one more. I think the cat... The big cat place, I think. I think that sets one too. So let's see if I can find it. Oh, the aquarium. I gotta see if what the aquarium. Aquarium is pretty crazy too. Oh, apparently. So there's renovations under there. I did not know that. But the Suzanne and Walter Scott Aquarium. So um, let's complete. We'll have a redesign facade. Brush stainless steel will simulate waves and ocean and cut metal panels that replicate coral. Letting it sand will make the area come alive with realistic efforts. The entrance to Scott Aquarium Center will both be better to find. Include a four eight oh my god, a four foot by twelve foot video board. Sea Turtle Cafe in the plaza will also be updated, as well as the restroom restrooms and the carpeting. So, walk along the bottom of the ocean and come nose to nose with sea turtles, sharks, and swim above you in the 70-foot shark tunnel. Huge, but it's really cool. I mean, I love their shark thing. My sister had a concussion once, and she was walking through, and my mom was like, Keep going, keep going, you're not going to throw up in here. It's always funny. Then my mom's was like, Okay, guys, let's take a picture. We need to take a picture. We're taking a picture. So, every time you're in there, you're trying... And there's my little brother. Oh, no, I want to watch the little fishies. I'm like, those little fishies will eat you up. But they have penguins in there, a bunch of warm water fish. I mean, it's it's insane. Then, let's see. I want to see if I can find the stupid. I want to see if I can find the freaking cat house. 
Yeah, I can't find it. Oh, they're Avery. They're Avery. It's, um, it's 500, 500 birds, guys. Think about that. And it's, I mean, it's huge. It's, it's got to be like a mile long. I mean, I don't know, but it's got to be a mile long. By the way, guys, um, my dad, he had to leave. Um, he had to go. He had another project to work on today. So that's why he's not on this segment. And so, yeah, I'm sorry about that in advance. Okay, so the next part is the lagoon. The lagoon is created in the original Deer Park Lagoon that was used for ice skating rink and fishing pond at, Re at Riverview Park. These islands and provide a summer home for Oma's Henley Dory Zoo and Aquarium Swinging Primates. Among Living among the branches are a man-made... Banyan tree are multiple species of monkeys. The lagoon is home to hundreds of koi. Like, they, there's millions, guys. Like, you drop food down there, and it's, oh my god, there's huge koi down there. Like, and there's so many of them, it's insane. Like, it's, I remember as a kid, I was terrified because, like, there's so many of them. Like, look it up, guys. Look up videos of feeding the koi fish there. It's insane. But you can actually you can actually purchase food to feed the koi from a covered bridge overlooking the man-made banyan tree. But then they have like a sky fari thing where you can like go over the entire zoo almost. I'm sorry guys, I can't find the cat house, so I'm sorry about that in advance. So yeah, these are some of my favorite exhibits and some of my favorite record setting exhibits. I'm going to check out one last thing, the Asian Highlands and the Scots African Grasslands. So, trans uh, transports them through a journey through Asia, ranging from the foothills of northern India to the through the Himalayan mountains. Asian Highlands is set previously on undeveloped eight acres. The main path north of the, so the guest passages total 1,850 1, feet, with seven seven hundred and fifty feet dedicated to animal viewing areas. I have actually not seen this exhibit. I am really mad that I haven't. But um it's a, it's a replica of a Himalayan ruin, the entrances. But I mean they have red pandas, cranes, tufted deers, sloth bears, and they have the foggy forest, amber tigers, snow leopards. Um, Taken and Goral, I don't know what that is. Um, Yeti Camp, what the fudge? Themed after a Mount Everest cape and playfully named to nod to the Tibetan folklore, the Yeti Camp will serve as a hub with fifth seating for 50 within the Asian Highlands experiments, just as the guest for the apex of the site. Opening in the subalpine will lead that there was once a village center in the old hillside settlement. So there's Indian rhino, Perry David's deers. Like, I, I've never been there though. I really want to see it. It sounds amazing. And then, last but not least. The Suzanne and Walter things. 
So, the African grassland spanned 28 acres, guys. 28 acres. And it's the largest project undertaken in the zoo's history. It transformed the eastern, eastern boundary of the zoo from former Grevy's zebra exhibit up to Pachyderm Hill, once home to African elephants and white Indian rhinos. But now it's, I mean, they use extensive use of grasses, acacia like trees, Kajop's uh, minimal visual barriers includes 25 new building structures. I mean, guys, it's huge. It's big. You can feed the giraffes. You can go over the ostrich exhibit. You can see cheetahs. But um, usually, I think this is that's where safari starts. So um, you can actually go over that exhibit. But the elephants there. All kinds of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it's... It's pretty crazy. So yeah. Um I'm gonna do a couple actually a couple videos this week because I'm sorry guys that I got behind on my exhibit on my um videos because um this coronavirus it's it really kinda knocked me off schedule. I usually do these on Tuesdays after school guys, but I mean, this just, it got me off schedule, so I am sorry about that. Apologize in advance. I'm going to be releasing a couple different um, episodes today because I totally missed three episodes. And, guys, the giraffes exhibit thing, how I was going to have that zookeeper. I have to wait now because of this. I can't go there. The zoo's closed. There's a lot of stuff closed, so sorry in advance about anything, but we may not have a... we. Um, we may not have any visitors unless I can get someone to do, unless I can get people to do the voice chats, okay? So, I'm sorry about this in advance, but hope you guys enjoyed the, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And now, I'm going to tell you guys about the competition. I forgot to tell you guys. Anyone who knows what the saying from, um, what the saying and so the adventure begins. Well, it's, and so our adventure begins. Whoever knows what book that is from and video that is from, I will give you a via chat link, and you will get to be the guest for our episode. So please don't look it up, guys. If you look it up, I will ask you if you did. And if if I do find out you guys looked it up, guys, please don't. But whoever knows it. If if you do if you did look it up, please just let me know, because then if someone gets it and they got it without looking it up, please let me know. But anyways, I want you guys to watch or read that book if you guys find it out. I'll tell you once someone figures it out, or I'll have them tell you. So yeah, see you guys in the next episode. Bye bye.